0: desert wind is a raider this is the silver and black today podcast the latest in raiders news views and interviews from the home of raider nation las vegas nevada check out the only independent news source covering the raiders based in las vegas and now your host scott goldbranson welcome back everybody silver and black today the podcast brought to you of course by Vegas Sports Today. If you have not gone to the new website, you got to go there. Everything you loved about silverandblacktoday.com over the past four years, and thank you very much for your support and for reading the website, is now at vegasportstoday.com, where you'll get all the latest Raiders coverage from us, including this podcast obviously, but you also get great up-to-the-date news and information about the Raiders. We'll be covering them all the time. So if you used to go to silverandblacktoday.com of course you know now that that just rolls over to Vegas Sports Today Com. We also cover all Vegas sports there, including the Golden Knights, who are in the middle of this NHL playoffs, not doing very good as they head into tomorrow's game in Montreal. But nonetheless, you can do it there. You can also uh, read about the WNBA here in Las Vegas, about possible relocation of the Oakland A's to Las Vegas, as well as fighting combat sports. If you're a UFC fan... If you're a boxing fan, we got you covered, Raider Nation. So check out VegasSportsToday.com. We appreciate you being with us. Also, don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. You got to do that. So that way it's just delivered to you automatically. Every time we update it, you don't have to worry about it. It's just going to ping you whether you're on Apple Podcasts, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on Stitcher, whether you're on Google Podcasts or or Odyssey. If you get your your content there, you can get it there as well. So make sure you subscribe also, subscribe to our other Raiders podcast. That's right. We have two here at VegasSportsToday.com. That includes the very popular Just Pod Baby with my man, Evan Grote. Make sure you subscribe to that podcast in all those locations as well. All right, we're going to jump in. Of course, it's that time of the year where things slow down. We got finished with minicamp last week. We talked about that. We also uh, are waiting on camp, right? Camp comes July 27th. We're about a month away from the official start, if you will, of the NFL season as the Raiders will roll into camp here in Henderson, Nevada at their uh, headquarters just outside Las Vegas. And so we're going to get going with that. We'll start to do some of that content as we move forward. But of course, this week's big event, if we all know it was the coming out of Carl Nassib. The Raiders defensive end came out as gay this week. The first active roster NFL player to do so, not the first NFL player to admit uh, or I should say come out and say that they're gay uh, and be public about it many have done it after they've left the sport of course you had Michael Sam who tried to make an NFL roster was on the NFL roster through a preseason but was never active uh, for a regular season Carl Nassib has that designation for those of you kind of confused on why he's being called the first uh, but that's the way it is so that was the news that dominated Frankly, the NFL—not just uh, Raiders news, but the NFL as well—just a brave and, and I'm sure, a big relief for him in you know testosterone-driven sport like professional football. It's not lost on me that it takes guts and a sort of internal personal piece to be able to do this. So, so Carl Nassib coming out uh, was a big deal, and I think I speak for most football fans. When I say whether or not uh, Nassib is gay doesn't really matter to most of us, and I, I say that um, uh, as as someone who of course is is not gay, but it matters a lot to folks who could be dealing with the same personal situation and struggling with whether or not they want to be public with their private lives, uh, and so so that's not lost on me at all, and that's why uh, you'll see a lot of people who aren't even football fans really celebrate it and talk about it. And when I say it doesn't matter to me, I'm not minimizing the impact it it has on Carl and his life and his career. I just really have the same mentality that Al Davis had, which is if you can help a team win, that's what matters. If you can, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what you do in your life legally, obviously. It's all about what you do on the field. So gay or not, that's how I would and will judge Carl Nassib. And as the NFL commissioner said, of course, hopefully this type of news isn't news in the near future, meaning that you know, we've come to a place where you know what somebody, how somebody lives their life off the field, uh, and and their own personal things, uh, is not a big news headline. But it is in this case uh, because Carl Nassib is the first, uh, and he was public about it. Uh, and the support that the Raiders and the NFL gave Nassib publicly is commendable, and I'm sure that helped him a great deal. Uh, what is disappointing to me, though, out there is how some immediately celebrated his coming out and soon turned and are now berating him because apparently, and I didn't know this, I don't care about players and their political views. I really don't. Some make them public, some do not. I don't get into that argument because I just really don't care. Um, But he's, I guess, a a registered Republican. (laughs) Right? So, So because... True or not, the, the, uh, the gay movement and, 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 and the LGBTQ movement has not been something that you closely align with Republicans, right? That's just the way it is. Uh, and, and what drives me nuts about this kind of cesspool of social media and the culture we've cultivated in this country is that here's a guy who lives a very public life as a member of an NFL team. He comes out gay, and when some find out his politics are different from theirs, they want to now go back on their support of his brave act. I mean, what is wrong with people? We all have personal and political views, and they don't always match up. So those who cheered him for coming out now have turned. I mean, in a day, a day now are hurling insults at him for apparently being a Republican. Seriously, is this, is this like a mass mental illness we have in this country? It's, I guess it's politics as religion. For some, politics have become, you know, we, we, we often decry people who we, we look at as religious zealots, right? Who want to force their beliefs upon you, no matter what, what your own personal beliefs are. And so to me, this is like a mass mental illness because Carl Nassib who is now an outed gay man, he, he he came out himself by his own accord, is now being criticized by those who celebrated him a day earlier because of the way he votes. And so apparently to some, diversity is only valid if it agrees with your politics. I mean, really? <laughs> really? He's the guy who had the fortitude to come out and tell people about his true self. And and now people are turning on him already because apparently, and again, I have not seen an, an enormous amount of detail about his politics or who he gave money to. I do know he gave $100,000, which the NFL matched and others are looking to match, um, uh, to the Trevor Foundation, which helps young folks and, uh, that are that are gay with mental illness, you know, because the, I guess the suicide rate from what Carl said in his video um, is tragic and high. And so he donated, he put his money where his mouth is when it came to supporting the cause, which is his right. And some people who don't agree with that disagreed with him at the beginning over that. And then now the people who supported him and were, were cheering him as a hero in the gay community are now railing against him because apparently he's Republican. Now, I know most of Raider Nation... I say most because there's always parts of every group that are just on the fringe. But I know most of Raider Nation doesn't think that way. I've met hardcore Republican Raider fans who, for whatever reason, decided to share that with me. Hardcore Democrats, same thing, who decided to share it with me. Gay, straight, you name it. All under the banner of Raider Nation. Because Raider Nation, the diversity, and I mean true diversity, from from income to to race, to sexual orientation, to politics. It goes across the board. That's what's so beautiful about Raider Nation is everybody comes together, they rally around the silver and black flag, and that's all that matters, their love of their team. But this two-faced support of NASA is bizarre to me. And again, that's coming from, from, from my perspective, my life. I mean, I'm a heterosexual male, father of five, married 25 years, so I can only go up from my perspective. But to me, again, that two-faced support is bizarre. I mean, let the guy get on with his career and his life as the NFL's first active roster gay player. And let the politics be politics. You, if you don't like him because of his politics, I'm not going to tell you not to, but I just, I'm, just, I'm just shocked by this. And don't give me the buts. You know, but as a gay man, he shouldn't support this or that. Or as a gay man, he should do X or Y. Forget it. Celebrate what the guy did, and that's he made a big personal choice for himself. Okay, his teammates supported him, the league supported him. Whether you agree with it or not does not matter. And I really don't care who football players support, or what their politics are, or sexual orientation is. They play football, and the only question for me, really, is do they play it well? That's it. That again, that's not minimizing. Carl's coming out and and what he did and and the fortitude it took to do that and I don't care about your personal view if, if you don't want to watch football because he did that if you don't want to be a Raider fan anymore because he's gay that's your choice I don't care but I do know that the support has been there I just can't believe people reneging on their support of him because of his apparent politics and I haven't seen any confirmation of that Carl hasn't addressed it nor should he have to but Carl Nassib is now a hero of a different kind for a community that values his public acknowledgement of something that allows him to live his life as he wants to. So congratulate him on being himself and move on to the football. i thats thats That's pretty much it for me. I don't understand how, whether or not you support the gay community or not. The fact that you're going to, to to on one hand, cheer this man, and then when you find out that something he believes in or the way he votes is not how you vote or what you believe in, and then turn around and and call him all sorts of nasty names. Now, of course, we had people at the initial announcement come out with these bigoted names and all that kind of stuff. That's, you know, again, the cesspool... Of social media, today's society and its crassness and the lack of empathy, even for people you don't agree with, is, is, is not surprising to me anymore. I've seen it all. I mean, we went through four years with a president where we just, we went through all kinds of stuff on both sides. So there's no decorum anymore at all. And God forbid somebody does something or lives their life or believes in something or votes for a candidate that you don't like because there's going to be hell to pay. Of course, it's all done behind a keyboard, but I'm just blown away by this, this, this turn on a dime where some people who publicly supported him and, the, and that cancel culture out there who now wants to cancel the first openly gay active player in the NFL because he might vote with an R behind the candidate's name I mean really and again I don't get into politics on this show I don't talk about politics when it on the website so so to me the fact that some of you out there can turn on a dime like that is really scary so in essence if people don't believe with every single item that you believe in they suddenly don't have value and and you're going to call them names I mean, what, what are we teaching our kids? What are we teaching one another when we do that? So I'll close out by just saying, look, Carl Nassib came out. He did a very brave thing for him. His teammates supported him. The league supported him. Uh, now it's about football, right? And so now all I want to know about Carl Nassib really is, does he help the Raiders get better? And that's really what people should be focused on. You can celebrate what he did if that is something you want to do and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, don't turn your back on the guy because his belief system is different than yours. It's just, It just it, it makes no sense to me. So I know, again, as I said earlier, I don't think most Raider Nation is that way. Maybe I'm wrong. But from my interactions with what is the best fan base in all of sports, Raider Nation, I just don't see that. Again, there's always fringes, always fringes in every group. So there's some wackos out there in Raider Nation too. And you guys know because you deal with them. And most of the time, Raider Nation holds themselves accountable, which is awesome. It's awesome to see that even in the cesspool of social media. But I want to know if Carl Nassim is going to bounce back from what was sort of a disappointing year last year. That's really where I'm focused. I hope he does. If he does, then the Raiders are much better. And that's what I'm focused on. So when we talk about Carl Nassib on this show, I'm not going to talk about how he votes. I'm not going to talk about who he's in a relationship with. I'm going to talk about how he plays football. And I hope that you guys focus on that, too. All right, we're going to step aside for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Raiders' defensive backfield, some of their signings, and the whole Damon Arnett question. What is his future with the Raiders' After just one year, a lot of people are questioning it. You're listening to Silver and Black Today, brought to you by VegasSportsToday.com. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation. All right, welcome back here to the Silver and Black Today podcast. Scott Branson with you here. Thanks for joining us and sitting through the break. Of course, we talked about the Carl Nassib thing at the beginning of the show. Now we're going to move into a little bit of roster news for the Raiders. Of course, again, this kind of dead period between now and camp, not a ton going on, but the Raiders did sign their second round draft pick. That, of course, Trayvon Morig, the safety out of TCU. The announcement came from the team on Monday. And that leaves only two Raiders draft picks that are unsigned. Those two guys still unsigned: third-rounders Malcolm Kuntz and Divine Diablo. The linebacker safety, as well, are unsigned. So the Raiders kind of have their business taken care of. Morig was the picked 30, excuse me, picked 43rd overall at the position in the 2021 draft. He's six foot two, 202 pounds, and he's expected to compete for a starting position in in the Raiders' backfield. Uh, and Morag played three seasons at TCU, appeared in 34 games, 24 starts over his career, compiling 125 tackles, 86 of those solo. He also had seven interceptions, 28 passes defensed, and two forced fumble, one core, including one uh, fumble recovery. Uh, he was also the Paycom Jim Thorpe Award recipient in 2020 as a junior, and he was named to seven All-American teams, including garnering second-team honors by the Associated Press. Um, He was also a semifinalist for the Chuck Bednarik Award and was tabbed first-team All-Big 12. So you have Morig signed. I think this is one of those guys that when I hear from Raider fans out there in Raider Nation, they're very excited about the possibility of Morig really contributing to this Raiders roster. He was a good pickup in the second round. By Las Vegas. And it also calls into question just what they're going to do with that defensive backfield. They brought in players, they brought in veterans as well. Casey Hayward at cornerback, who really looks like he may be the starter. Uh, And that leads open to the question that a lot of you have been discussing, at least what I see in social media and on the radio shows, my former station over Raider Nation Radio with my good buddies, uh, Pritch and Clay, and of course uh, with Vinny and JT the Brick, which is. Damon Arnett, what is his future with the Raiders? So you have at safety, Jonathan Abrams going to box safety. You have a lot going on there, and it looks like they're feeling really good about their young players and what they're going to be able to do. But at cornerback, with Casey Hayward there, him knowing the Gus Bradley defense and that scheme and being that veteran leader that that cornerback room really needed— is phenomenal. But then that brings us back to Damon Arnett. Now, Vic Tafer, our good friend who's been on the show many, many times uh, from The Athletic, talked about uh, Arnett last week. He said that after watching Minicamp, uh, that Arnett has become almost an afterthought. That's the words of The Athletic now and what they said. Uh, but the, the idea that the Raiders are running out of patience with their first-round draft pick uh, from from last year, I should say, uh, yeah, first-round draft pick, 19th overall in the 2020 draft, to be clear, uh, that, that he may not be in their their long-term plans. So, so th- there's some conflicting feelings right there, right, if you're a Raiders fan, which is Damon Arnett, Talented, a lot of people thought, including myself, Mia Culpa, I thought he was drafted too early. But Mike Mayock, John Gruden really liked what they saw. They scouted him. I didn't scout him. I'm going off media reports and everything else that you guys go off of. But if you look at Arnett being drafted 19th overall, it was a surprise for many, <clears throat> including draft experts who really follow this um, uh, and the league very closely. But he had he struggled last year Uh, as my good friend Hondo Carpenter talks about it. It wasn't uh, that he wasn't a good player, but he did have maturity issues. Right. And we saw that. uh, and, And going into his second season, there shouldn't be a question that he would be your starter. Right. As a number 19 overall draft pick. He struggled to stay healthy as a rookie. He didn't play well when he was out there on the field. Uh, And after the season, if you remember that post-game, or excuse me, postseason press conference, Mike Mayock and John Gruden both kind of said the same thing: that he needed to get stronger, and then he needed to get bigger. He needed to really focus on that. But if you look at what the Raiders have done at the position, to me. Talk is talk. Action speaks louder than words, right? So you look at Casey Hayward coming in. You look at Ray Wilson coming in, uh, uh, Baliti Ray Wilson coming in, Rasul Douglas, Devontae Busby, and even then they drafted Nate Hobbs in the fifth round. John Gruden has said the best players are going to play there. So no one's giving Arnett a pass. He will have an opportunity to win that starting job, But uh, it's looking more and more like, at least from Vic's report and other reports that you see out there, that this team is losing confidence or has lost confidence in Damon Arnett. That's troubling because, um, again, you, you drafted him 19 overall. You still have questions about Jonathan Abram. It sounds like they have more confidence in, in Jonathan Abram being able to turn it around, moving over to that box safety, right? So, so you look at this and you look at the talent they've brought in in the defensive backfield, not just at cornerback as we talk about Damon Arnett, but you talk about safety. Uh, and I like it. I like that the Raiders are saying, listen, you know what? We, we might have drafted a guy early in the first round. But the reality is we're going to play the best players we can play, and we're going to go for depth. And not only that, but we're going to have competition. It doesn't matter what you do or who you are or where you were drafted. It don't matter. We're going to bring in guys to compete against you, and I like that. I thought the Raiders did that last year. It didn't quite pan out for them in some areas, but if you look at what they did— and who they bring in to compete. I mean, I still think the Marcus Mariota signing was great for the Raiders and great for Derek Carr. You saw what you got out of Derek Carr last year and his improvements there. Didn't result with wins and losses the way you want him to, of course, which is the ultimate measurement. I get that. But I don't think you could find anybody who would argue that having Marcus Mariota, a better backup quarterback there, didn't help push Derek Carr to get better. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not a negative at all. It's nothing uh, of a negative indicator against Eric Carr. It's nothing against Marcus Mariota. It's just it's good to have competition at all positions. So you look at this defensive backfield for the Raiders, and you look at Trayvon Morig, who we talked about at the beginning of the segment, and the fact that the Raiders signed him to a deal after the draft and after minicamp. Uh, So you got competition at safety. You got competition now at cornerback with a bunch of veterans in there. And some of those guys are, are frankly what I call spaghetti guys. You take that noodle and you throw it against the wall and you see if it sticks. If it doesn't stick, well, it's one noodle didn't cost you a lot of money. In this case, these free agents that they're bringing in, it's not going to cost them anything. But what you do is you create an environment where nobody feels safe. And that's a good thing. I mean, Trayvon Mullen, is he pretty safe? Yeah, he is. But that doesn't mean he's going to start. He's he's kind of the de facto starter on the other side, and I think he is a great perennial number two cornerback. I don't think he's ever going to be a a top flight CB one, and that's okay. He's a good player. He's a good kid, and I think the Raiders have a good a, a good selection there. But if you look at safety and Abram, and you look at Morig now coming in, you look at some of these guys. You got to be able to. Find out who's a look. It's a big year for this team, folks. You know that Raider Nation. You're tired of the losing. You're tired of the treading water. Seven and nine, nine and seven, eight and eight. That kind of that kind of frame. Actually, not even nine and seven, just eight and eight, seven and nine. So you need to get over that hump. You need to get into the playoffs, right? And so I don't think that's lost on John Gruden and Mike Mayock. They feel the pressure too. You can say, well, Gruden's got a 10-year contract. He's under no pressure. I disagree. He's under his own internal pressure. I'm not here to tell you he's going to get fired because I don't think he will, even if they didn't have a great year. But I do believe, you know, John Gruden's a proud guy, successful coach. He wants to win. Nobody goes out there just saying, oh, I'm going to collect a paycheck. I don't care if I lose. So he's he's setting up this roster as a very competitive camp for a very competitive camp, I should say. So so Gruden knows they need to get better. They've done a good job, I think. Gus Bradley was the right move. They've made great acquisitions on that defense in the draft and in free agency. They have good players. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe, and then you have Max Crosby. We've been talking about that a little bit. I don't know how good those guys are going to be together, but if Ngakwe can come back and and be the guy he was a few years ago, boy. And then if Max Crosby, who's just one of the hardest working guys there is in football, if he's freed up a little bit and can play like he did his his rookie campaign, then this team is, it, the whole dynamic changes, right? You get that pass rush. Now, the, the good thing is you get the pass rush, that's going to help you with your young defensive backs. But we saw last year that they didn't get a pass rush. They don't know what the pass rush is going to be like. So they have to simultaneously improve the front line. You have to improve at linebacker, which, by the way, we'll devote a different podcast to because I'm still very concerned about the linebacking core on this team. But then the defensive backs. They, the defensive backs were a problem last year. They went, they went the youth direction. They went with a lot of young guys. Some of them panned out, played well in areas. Others did not. So they needed a level of maturity. They needed a level of consistency – That you get from a Casey Hayward. I'm not saying Casey Hayward's going to be an all-pro. But his veteran leadership, the fact that he's got that system from Gus Bradley since he played for him before in Los Angeles, that's great. Because now those young guys have somebody to look up to. You have somebody back there barking orders who will keep everybody in line. And then you add in all those other veterans. And again, yes, they're rent-a-vets. They came off the street. But I do think that if they can get production, again, just very good, solid, above average production out of some of those veteran guys, the pressure is all on young players like Damon Arnett. I mean, Damon Arnett's playing for that next contract. If he doesn't step up in camp in year two and show that he's fully committed, I mean, we've all the reports out of minicamp and OTAs were about how this Raiders team is committed to getting better, to winning, and playing good, fundamentally sound football. And if that's the case, and Damon Arnett rolls in there like he did last year, then he's going to have a problem. But I know even for those of us who think he was drafted too high, I still want the kid to do well. If, the, if he does well and he pans out, that's much better for the Raiders. He's got talent. And so if if he can come along and be what they think he can be, all the better. But Vic's story in The Athletic and other reports that make it sound as though the Raiders may have lost confidence in him is concerning. But to me, the great equalizer is camp. OTAs, minicamp, let's face it, it doesn't mean anything. And I said in the last podcast, we content creators, media members, we make more out of it because we got to cover something, okay? But when you get into camp and you're doing it for real and you put the pads on, that's when you start to see where guys truly are, where they're going to be, is in the way of competition for this roster. And so we'll have to see with Damon Arnett. I mean, that's that's. the the, the long and short of it right is is you got to figure out what he's going to do and if he's going to come in and he's going to truly compete I think we'll know pretty quickly because clearly if if the Raiders have lost confidence in their former first round draft pick high first round draft pick 19 to me is high anything above 20 to me is high then then that's a problem right so so we'll have to see um and, and we'll have to see how he performs. It's up to him, right? No one else controls Damon Arnett's fate except for him, in my view, based on these reports. So we'll have to see how that all goes down. But it'll be interesting. There's so many, I think, storylines with this camp and what the Raiders are doing and what they're going to do uh, on offense and defense, right? So we'll have to see. I still think, too, the wide receiver group, which we've talked about before on the show recently, is a really interesting one, too because I think you need to see big steps up, not only from Ruggs, which I know everybody focuses on Ruggs. By the way, it was good to see Henry Ruggs ringing the siren <laughs> at the Stanley Cup playoffs here in Las Vegas at Timo Marina with the Golden Knights. The game didn't turn out well. The Knights got skunked 4-1. Uh, to one. It was an ugly, ugly game. But Ruggs was there, and we tend to focus on him. But Brian Edwards is another big piece. Can he stay healthy? He's got the size, the speed. He's got everything you want in that big-bodied wide receiver, in that X. So if he can do it, that's a big one as well. But I do think that that group with Ruggs and Edwards and Renfro, oh, yeah, Hunter Renfro, remember him? Um, That's good. But Edwards finished strong last year, uh, and he only had three catches for 193 yards and a touchdown, but those came over the last three games. So that was definitely some momentum, I think, that he's going to take into camp uh, and do that. And, of course, they lost Nelson Aguilar, but they gained John Brown. John Brown, I think, is one of those factors in this offense that could be huge. If he gets back to his form, he only had 458 yards last year in, 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 in that high-powered Bills offense, three touchdowns. But he's got a couple 1,000-yard seasons in his seven-yard career, including one where he had six touchdowns and a 1,060 yards in 2019. So Derek Carr has said he reminds him a lot of Nelson Aguilar. So if they can get that out of him, if if he comes along, and then you have Sneed coming over from Baltimore, that that wide receiver group is another. To me, the wide receiver group and the defensive backs are the two groups that I'm going to be watching most here in a few weeks when we get to camp. Now, it's not to say I'm not looking at linebackers and the defensive line and the interior line and the off- the newly rebuilt offensive line. Lots of question marks and 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 I think interest in all of those areas, but for me, on offense, it's that wide receiver group and how they come along, and then secondarily, it's the secondary on the defensive side uh, and how they're going to come along. So uh, that should be really interesting. And we'll see how it all pans out. But yeah, a pretty light week in Raider Nation this week. But uh, we wanted to get a podcast out to you. Got a lot more coming up, including some exclusive interviews that we'll have over the next couple of weeks. So so bear with us through this non-news kind of slow time. There might be some stadium news and tailgating news that are coming up, and we'll report on that as well. But we wanted to get out a weekly podcast to you. And I certainly appreciate all the notes I've gotten since we've restarted after I had to step away from the radio show with health issues and stuff like that. So. So thank you for that and we will continue this we'll get guests back on very very soon uh, but we certainly wanted to just give you comments on the latest and greatest and what's happening inside Raider Nation live here from Las Vegas. So appreciate you guys being with us. Don't forget make sure you check out VegasSportsToday.com. That's where all of our coverage around the Raiders is now based. So silver and SilverAndBlackToday.com has become part of VegasSportsToday.com and that's where you'll find all that as well as other news and views from Las Vegas sports including the NHL and the Golden Knights as they Continue their playoff run here uh, in 2021, as well as other sports and happenings like boxing and UFC here in the entertainment capital of the world. That is, of course, Las Vegas, Nevada. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, too. Check out the Vegas Sports Today uh, Facebook page. You get a lot of interaction there and a lot of discussion with other fans and other folks in Raider Nation. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Vegas Sports, the number two day. Vegas Sports, the number two day, where you can also interact with us on Twitter and get our latest stories fed to you in sort of a modern-day news watch. So make sure you check that out. For everybody here at VegasSportsToday.com as well as Silver and Black Today, we thank you guys for joining us. We will talk to you next week. Take care of one another. This has been the Silver and Black Today podcast. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, may the autumn wind always be at your back.